Well, welcome back to the Magic City Soccer Podcast, uh, South Florida's finest soccer-related podcast, covering all aspects of the game in this wonderful part of the world. Got a little treat for you today. Uh, last week, um, Bolu Akinyode and Callum Chapman-Page, players for Miami FC, were very, very kind uh, to give me some of their time during the day, and I managed to sit down and have a little chat with them. Uh, we picked over some things from the season, uh, found out a little bit more about them as uh, as people and as players, and it was a really enjoyable chat. So uh, we will go into that now. Um, thank you for checking out the podcast, and uh, we'll have more coming soon. So uh, keep your eyes peeled over the coming weeks and months for more quality content from Magic City Soccer. So here I am with um, with Bolu and Callum from Miami FC after the season has ended, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it very much. Um, let's start at the beginning, start the season. Um, I'll go to you first, Bolu, because you come into Miami, a new club. Um, how was it coming into that environment for you? Yeah, it was different. Um, I think I've been different, a few different clubs now, and it was kind of a crazy offseason and, and all that stuff, but coming to Miami was different. Um, I had some expectations of the club already because I played against Miami when the NASL days, um, so it was different. But it was also a lot of familiar faces, a lot of guys who I played with before in the past, and I kind of know around the league. So that made it a lot easier to to kind of get things going and feel at home right away. Did you um, did you hear much about the club and how it was set up before you came here? Did you talk to anyone to get an idea of if it was a move you wanted to make or not? Yeah, 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 for sure. I talked to um, Brian Sylvester I played with before in North Carolina. So I spoke with him. Um, we, we, we had a good chat. A guy that was on the team last year, Brian James, I spoke to him as well. Um, he's one of my good buddies. So I had an idea of the club. Like I kind of knew what I was getting myself into before I made the move. So, Callum, of course, this is uh, it's familiar surroundings for you in a way in that you played for the club before. Yeah. But um, yeah, a little bit about what it was like coming back. I mean, to, to be honest, I was itching to come back. I miss Miami. I've lived here six years. So I really wanted to get back home. I enjoyed playing with Paul and his style. Um, and I knew the players that they had and that they were bringing in. I'd, I'd heard something. So I was really excited to get back. And I'm happy that I'm back at the minute. So, so yeah, it's been good. It's been good. What, what was it like? I mean, whoever wants to answer this first, the difference between playing without fans and with fans at Ricardo Silver Stadium. And I know it's not always that full, yeah. but could you feel that difference when the fans came back? I think so, for sure. Um, when you play without fans, it's Honestly, it feels kind of like a scrimmage or a practice session in a sense. Yeah. But when, like the first game we had fans and you kind of hear the drums, you, you, you get some raws, like someone makes a tackle or someone scores a goal and you, you get a little bit of emotion. I think that drives you more for sure. I think the Pittsburgh game as well, when we came back and won 3-2, yeah. I think that was probably the biggest crowd. But then it actually, I felt like it helped us. We could feel the crowd sort of with us as we got one back and then drew and then got the winner. So I think the fans helped a lot with, with that game for sure. Yeah, so for sure. it's always good to have them. Yeah, it's, um, it's great for us to be back. Obviously, I get a little bit of privilege because I can sneak in, sneak in. I'm allowed into the games because, you know, I was stuck by the team and, you know, we, yeah, do, we do a little bit of work with the team. But to have the fans back was great. Um, how do you think the season went overall? I mean, are you pleased, disappointed, happy now that it's all done and wrapped up? You've probably got the two most competitive guys on the team, yeah, so yeah. I'm sure we're both going to say disappointed. No, yeah, definitely not pleased. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, when you, end, when you end the season without a trophy in your hand, for me, it's disappointing. No matter how many like positives you want to draw from it, for me, it's disappointing because at the end of the day, you play to win, to win the championship, to win the title. And ultimately, if you, if you don't do that, 
it's very, very difficult for me to say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm okay with that. So for me, definitely disappointing. We, yeah. we, we had the squad and the players to do it. I think um, it's just in those, in those games, the tiniest of margins make the difference. Yeah. So if you don't take your chances or you give up, you give up a sloppy goal or something like that, then that's it. You're out of the playoffs and it's done. So I think I think we're disappointed. We, in the middle of the season, we were sort of flying, I think. We got a good few wins. We kept going. And then towards the end, our form dipped a little bit. Um, and I think, I mean, against Louisville, I think we, we played well. It was just unlucky. But yeah. I think that little bit of dip in form sort of didn't give us the best running into the playoffs. Yeah, 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 for sure. How much do you think it affected... Um, you know, the whole season, the whole refereeing incident where we had to replay the game and everything. I mean, what, what was your reaction to that? Well, how did you how did you feel going into that game that was not a game that was 25 minutes? Yeah, we're fuming. <laughs> Just straight up, we're fuming. We didn't want to, we didn't think it was fair. We didn't think it made sense. Um, going into that game, we had played a run of Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. We didn't think it made sense for the players, like our bodies and what we've been through this whole year. I mean, playing 32 games, traveling in America is not easy. You know, anyone would tell you that. And to add an extra game because of a refereeing mistake, like we, we were human, but we took it as a challenge. Um, yeah. and, and we tried to get something out of it. And we tried to be as competitive as possible to get a good result out of it. Granted, it didn't work out, but I think overall it was a unique experience um, that, I mean, you take it how it is, right? Like I looked at it, it was positive. It's something that's probably never going to happen again in football. And I was a part of the one time. So we, we, we tried to get the best out of it, but we weren't happy about it for sure. We're, we were fuming. I don't think we were too annoyed with Pittsburgh or anything. I think we were more annoyed that the league had allowed us to, yeah. that we had told us that we have to replay it when, I mean, we had no, we had no part of it. It's yeah. to do with the referees, the game's done and it's finished. So it was sort of disrespectful to us as players because it had nothing, it wasn't our fault. We didn't disagree with the goal. We didn't agree with it, whatever, but it was nothing, it was out of our control. Yet we had to then come back in and play. I mean, we wanted to, we wanted to win it, but, mm. I mean, it was 25 minutes and it was it was gone within yeah. within five minutes. All the ball was stopped. It was out of play. They added three minutes on. Like, it was just... It, we felt like it was sort of against us, which was really, really annoying. But it definitely gave us that bit of bite and fire back. Yeah, definitely. So, I think it was... It sets a dangerous precedent, doesn't it? Like, next time there's, like, a big mistake in the USL game, yeah. what's, what's going to happen? Well, we brought it up in the locker room. I mean, if you remember last year, Santi... Yeah. Uh, handballed it in mm-hmm. and they Phoenix advanced into the was that the final yeah yeah into yeah. the final it's like well why didn't yeah. they go back and replay that yeah. and I mean <laughs> you, if you look at football in general like Thierry Henry has a handball that takes France into the World Cup right against Ireland I believe or Scotland um, it was Ireland because I have a lot of Irish mates who are very unhappy about that yeah like hand of God with Maradona like things yeah. happen in football like things happen in sport mm-hmm. um, as much as even now with VAR you try and police it like mistakes are going to happen mm-hmm. you know we're only human so um, to go back and try and refix it or not even give like fair standards in a sense that you could play any lineup you wanted and start from scratch and you take away things like fatigue, like you're not playing the whole game, right? Like all these things kind of just didn't make it fair on us, but it is what it is. And then at the end of the day, Pittsburgh, unfortunately, didn't even get to play the playoff game, yeah, which so was like, really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Really unfortunate. Um, to move on to something a little happier, you mentioned the locker room. The locker room looks like a fun place to be. Is that the case in every club? No. No? Well, it depends. If you win it. Yeah, but I mean, their clubs were like fun. It depends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. banter. Like yeah. some clubs win and they have no banter. You know what I mean? Like the guys don't get along that well in the locker room. 
but they win on the pitch. You know, I do think winning definitely helps. I've never been in a fun locker room that loses, for sure, just because that's just how it works. Um, but bowler has been on a lot of losing teams. I actually have not. <laughs> I've made the playoff every year of my career, so there's no way I was on a losing team. But yeah, so it's not always fun. But for the most part, it is where you make it. You know, if you have a good group of guys and you're competitive and stuff, it'd be, it could be really fun. I think a lot of the guys as well um, get really competitive in training. If you have arguments, tackles, fights, whatever it may be. That's Callum every game. <laughs> you can ask the whole team in bowling. But once that happens after training or we're back in the locker room, we don't, it doesn't carry over or anything like that. We don't care. But on the training field, a lot of the guys are competitive and... I think that helps that when you come off, you don't bring it with you, it's, it's done. So that's important. Is that the sign of a strong locker room when you can go into like a training session and it be very kind of like competitive and strong and then you can come off into the locker room and it's all forgotten, you yeah. know? Even, even if there's something that you have to sort it out, you know, maybe you'll have a discussion why, you know. Yeah, Does, is that the sign of a strong locker room? Yes, absolutely. Because it just shows that guys care on the field and they don't take it personal. And people can take criticism and players being harsh on them and kind of being aggressive. And my thing is you always want to get to the point as a, as a club, as a team, as a group of players, whereby like your training sessions are almost more competitive than games. Okay. You know, I think if you can get to that point where you beat each other up so much and you train... Like you train with this player every day, you know what he's gonna do, you know his strengths, you know his weaknesses. It becomes so hard to beat your teammate, but when you get on the field, it's easier because they actually don't, they, they, they don't know what you're gonna do, you know, as much as your teammate. So I think, I think for sure, like if you have a strong locker room, um, guys don't take things personally. And when you, get, when you get off the field, it's all said and done and then you come again the next day and do the same thing. I'm gonna agree with that, but also say Bolu was always on the losing team in training. I was not. It was that's always not against. True. Always that was, against. That's me. not even close. That was. It's right. not even close. You it's not even it. true. But was, to be fair, out of everyone, me and Bolu probably argued the most at each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But we didn't after training stuff. I think we're man enough just to move on. I mean, we joke about about it. Would you be more annoyed if you had someone on the team who was a lazy trainer than if they, you know, than if they didn't go for it? Like, no, do you get lazy? Do you get like lazy yeah, trainers? Yeah, you you one hundred percent get lazy trainers on every team. Um, I know why you're. I know why you're laughing. I know why he's laughing. But because it's frustrating because if that person's on your team and you want to win and you're a competitor and, and you don't feel like they're doing their part, then then it's frustrating. We, we, it's annoying. We play a lot of small-sided games, so five v five, and if that one person isn't sprinting as hard. They can't closing down, tackling, you've lost. Yeah. You've oh, lost yeah. already. It's, so it's you it, played a man down at that There's point. nothing worse than having one of those players in training. Nothing worse. What's it like training in the summer in Miami? Those some some days you just not want to do it because it is so uncomfortable. I guess I'm looking at you, Callum, a yeah. little bit more than you, Bowling. Yeah. Honestly, I, I love it. I really? love it. I love it. Even when we're playing in the stadium in the evenings and stuff, and it's still hot and humid in the summer, I love it because I know the other team that's coming can't yeah. cope with it. And then on the flip side, when I was in Tulsa and stuff, it would be either like roasting heat or it'd be freezing. You couldn't feel your fingers or your feet. So I don't mind it being hot and humid here. I love it. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. I love it. I love playing in the heat. I love the humidity. I, I feel better. I thrive better. I feel like I can run more. But when it's cold, I can't do it. It's just too cold. My fingers get cold. My toes get numb. Um, I try to make it work, but it's difficult. So I'd much, much rather it be hot, like 
I'll take 100 degree weather over 20 degree weather any day. I think at Louisville we had hand warmers I and had feet hand warmers. warmers. <laughs> Have you heard of feet warmers? I haven't even heard of feet warmers. <laughs> They're called toe warmers. Toe warmers. Not feet warmers. Yeah, no, I mean, it's difficult in the stands. That's why I have to cool down with a beer or two. That's my yeah. excuse. That's my excuse for that. But, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you have like play, uh, players with friends and different teams around the league. Do they say that about Miami? It's like, you know, I don't like going down to play there because it's so uncomfortably hot. Um, I think with the size of our pitch and like kind of the turf, I think yeah. we got to a, a position in the air where teams were like, I didn't really want to come. Like, if you look at our record, a lot of our wins came at home. Like, we had a good, we had a good home kind of spell and I think that's because of like the size of the pitch the humidity like we definitely felt like teams used to die down um, from like the 60 70th minute playing against them at home I for think, sure I think that's one of the biggest things I learned as well that home advantage is massive yeah. in playoffs um, in the season like it's it's so important that you work towards getting home advantage if you see Louisville Tampa like it's just it makes it even more difficult against those teams if they have home advantage. Sure. I, I sort of got the feeling from the stands that some teams would come with a plan to batter us as quickly as possible, like in the first 20, 25 minutes, and try and get a goal as quickly as possible because they knew, like you say, Cam, they would fade a little bit later in the game. Yeah. And we had we had some late goals this year as well, too, at home. So the, the, that's the reason there. I think by the 60, 70 minutes, it's just really difficult to cope with that heat if you're not training in it every single day like we are, you know? Um. Did you feel, I mean, neither of you were really here for the 2020 season, but was it, was it a turning point from the get-go or was there a point in the season where you felt that things really kicked up another gear? I, I mean, the group of players that we brought in and in training was really good. Our pre-season was stop-start because of COVID, MLS teams that we were playing against got COVID and like it was really stop-start. So we didn't have a great pre-season. But it's, I think when we beat Tampa at home the first time yeah. was like that was it, and then we just started keep keep going. Yeah. Like I think that was was that when me. you was that when you stole stole the goal off uh, Pierre de Silva? No, was that was that was that was Charlotte. See, everyone says I stole it, but yeah, it, didn't, it, was, it didn't go in. It if I goal, wasn't that, there, then Pierre, it's not. Pierre scored the goal. Like I'm marking it down as Pierre. <laughs> okay, well that's that's what I'm saying. So Pierre was said to me that it was his goal, but I know goal. deep down, Callum, that it was your goal. But um, but you felt that that was a turning point then that Tampa I, game. I I, I kind so. of agree with you I think so, yeah. because that's an important game for the fans yeah. as well. So yeah, what about you, Bo? Did you think of a moment where you know? Things went a little bit better, you know. Yeah, I actually think like I would take it back a little bit before the Tampa game. Um, okay. I think we lost when we lost at home to Birmingham. Yeah. Um, we the Charlotte, were, right? Yeah. That, then we played Charlotte right yeah. after, so we lost to Birmingham on a Wednesday, and I think we had some tough discussions with each other, like a lot of emotions. I was fuming, raging after the game, um, and we argued with each other, and we came together, and we kind of had like a meeting going into the Charlotte game and, and saying like, look, like. We need to get it together and we, we need to do so much better than what we've been doing because we're better than this. Like we're, we're much better players than this. And we won the Charlotte game and we just kind of went on a roll there and just it just rolled on. Who leads those kind of meetings? If you have a, like a players meeting, is it, is it down to the captains like Ariel, Packer, Craig? Those kind of other people don't understand what Ariel's saying. <laughs> yeah. just, just screaming in Spanish. Ariel's just screaming. <laughs> if you don't speak Spanish, you have no chance. Okay. And if you do speak Spanish, you kind of, it's 50%. It's like broken you know? Spanish. It's like, okay. not even that clear, but... I think yeah. it's just personalities come out when yeah. the competitive people mm -hmm. want to speak, share it, sort the issues, the problems out, and then then it gets fixed. Yeah. Or 
Yeah, for sure. Or maybe it's the next training sessions that it starts getting fixed. Everyone's more competitive. Everyone wants to try. Everyone wants to win. So it's probably between those. Yeah. How much would you guys miss Paul? Like for me personally, like he always believed in me and always gave me opportunities and chances to play. I like his style of, of uh, his tactics. I enjoyed it. Um, so I'll, I'll miss him. I, I I enjoyed working under him, and that was part of the reason that I came back. So I think out. I respect him. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, uh, I, for every coach I always play on, uh, with whatever, however the season goes, because it's always ups and downs. I'm always grateful and I'm always thankful. Um, I had a tough 2020 year um, with Birmingham, and Paul got me out of there and brought me to Miami and gave me a chance in Miami to sort of like, in my sense, in my eyes, like kind of revive my career and get back to what I'd been doing before and, and years before. And he put me in a position and gave me the platform to do that in Miami. So I always be thankful and grateful to him for that. I, I think being loyal, he. If someone shows that they're loyal to you, like you have massive respect, you want to go that bit extra. I I, uh, I went to preseason at Tampa before I signed at Miami my first year, um, and I trained one day there. Um, and then Neil was like, "Oh, here's a bib." I stood on the side. He was like, "Oh, can you just be the linesman?" I never forgot that. And then that's why, like, in my head, like that's why it was so great scoring against Tampa. Just like, just to know that. Paul gave me that chance and opportunity and then look what happened on the flip side. So I love it. I love it. And I love that moment. But how is it how is it for you, Bo, playing in the centre of midfield in that kind of system? Is is that something that's like appealing to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I mean if you look the year before Birmingham, probably that's the first time in my career, my professional career that I played as centre back. And that was just wasn't my position. Um and I kind of struggled a bit and it was tough for me mentally. Um, and I ended up the year on the bench in a playoff game. And like, like we've talked about how competitive I was, that drove me crazy, but it gave me the right motivation and feel that I needed to get back to what I like to do, which is be in the middle of the pitch, kind of get on the ball and start attacks and win tackles, be competitive, um, talk a lot of smack to people. <laughs> um, but that, that, that gives me the platform to do that. So that, that's my ideal position. This guy in training, always tackling. You think you're past him, these long legs just come out of nowhere. I'm telling you, I've, ne I've never, a tackling machine. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that the fans like about you two guys is the effort that you put in in the game. Like that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. Um, is it difficult to keep that up for 90 minutes in this league? Because I think it is, I think it's a physical league, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Is, is it difficult to keep that kind of intensity for, for the whole game? I think this side of the, the, the conference is tough. There's yeah. some top teams yeah. with yeah. some top players. So if you don't match the intensity, then you're going to struggle. And I think when we played loud and lost towards the end of the season, that's a huge part of the reason. that They outworked us. We saw, we saw our GPSs and stuff like that, and we really let ourselves down. Maybe, mm -hmm. what was it, like... 40% less yeah, than we less usually run, which is, which is huge. So it, without intensity, we, we were nothing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the biggest thing, like, especially on the East. I've never played on the West, but one thing I you know in the East right away is you need to bring it. You need to bring intensity. You can't walk through games. You can't come in. Even even teams like Tampa, like when they, they came in games and they were a little bit flat, they lost. You know, they came, when they came and played us at home, um, when we won 2-1 the, the first, no, the second time, the first 20 minutes they were flat and we were up 2-0. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to bring that intensity. The quality might not be there, but the intensity it's, has to be there. Even with Loudon and New York, you can see them. They're intense. Like, especially New York, their intensity, they're just flying yeah, and yeah, flying yeah. and pressing and pressing. So, like, every team in this side is 
intensity is top yeah. and you've got to outmatch the other opponents. You have to match intensity. If I could give you guys one game, if I am the US, if I'm the league, the USL, and I say, replay this game, would you replay the Louisville loss or would you replay the Louisville playoff game? Oh, the Louisville, 1,000%. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure, for sure. The Louisville game, I, it was a great atmosphere. It was a great pitch. Like I thought, I, and I thought we 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 had a game plan and we stuck to it. And it was just the, the little details. Like if I go back and you look at the game, just small details that I think. I think we had better day, chances. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, we had I think chances. on another day it, it probably swings a, a different way. But it's easy to say that now. At the end of the day, like they're there and we're not. You that know, that so. ball was over the line as well. It was. I'm it was over you, the line. I saw the grass. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thinks it's not, but like, because I flicked the ball to Callum. Yeah. So as soon as I flicked, I looked and I, I it, hit, it hit Callum and it, it was a goal, but for a split second, yeah. it happened too yeah. quick for anyone else to notice it. So, but as players, like you guys come into the game and stuff, we we all talk, we love that. Yeah. We, yeah. we appreciate that yeah, so yeah, yeah. much no, that you yeah, guys seriously. flew all that way. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it we was really incredible. Did. It's it's difficult because of course back in the UK you jump on a train and you yeah. you know you're at the game yeah. in like two or three hours and you can, you can drink on the train as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to drink on a plane these days is not much fun. Um, yeah, the, the the Louisville game. Um, you know, Jeff Corwell coming in. Yeah. Did uh, did the staff speak to you guys about if we could get someone in, yeah. who would you who would you get who would you go for, or was he just the best guy who was available? Think, no, I think there were a couple of options. Yeah, um, yeah. and they, we kind of talked through it a little bit, and and uh, Paul talked to the players, and the staff talked to us. Um, and we'd played against Jeff four times this year, so we knew him quite well. Um, we know how good he was on PKs, how good of a shot stopper he was, and and it was just a right fit. It just made sense. It, massive credit to him. I mean, he came in and mm -hmm. did everything he could do. So that's not easy, but especially in a playoff game with all For that sure. crowd. So massive respect yeah. to him. He didn't come in and be arrogant or anything. He was a great guy and he yeah. did really well. So yeah. Yeah. massive respect to him. I think and he, he played does a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he helped us. He's very, very, very good. A lot of respect to him because it's not easy. Yeah. Especially having your season ended and you're kind of on vacation mode to switch that on within yeah. two days and come and have one day of training with a new group of guys and play like that. That's that, that's incredible. Yeah. How, did, how did Connor handle it? We don't know the reason that he didn't play. I mean, we assume it was an injury. Yeah, he um, How did he handle it? I mean, he's done so well all season, played the whole, pretty much the whole season. Yeah. Um, you know, was, was he disappointed? Oh, for sure. I yeah. think he was pretty good. Yeah, and I think pretty. the fact that obviously he wanted us to win so that he could come back in the following week. So not getting to start, he was good. And then us losing, it's even worse. He's been with us the whole season, so it definitely hit him yeah. hard. Yeah, it was so tough. that it's just like it's a flip side. Caldwell, what's his name? Caldwell, yeah, yeah. did really well. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff did really well, and then Connor's like not being able to play, so like it just it sucked. But it, like it was just not a nice feeling. Yeah, no, it was tough. And, and I live with Connor; he's one of my good friends. So yeah, he was gutted. He was yeah. gutted for sure, and it was it was something like he was trying to fight through and trying to play, and it got to a point where he's like, I don't know, if, I, I don't know if this is gonna make sense, you know. And, Thankfully, we got Jeff, but yeah, Connor that's probably, definitely got in. That's probably more respect that he's honest and not trying to play through something that he can't yeah. come running out yeah. or save. Yeah. So yeah. that's it's probably yeah. more yeah. credit to him as well. Is it um, was it a little difficult for you, uh, Bolu? Because obviously, Speedy goes off to play for Jamaica, mm -hmm. and then you know someone else comes in to play alongside you. Or is that just that happens in football and you can adjust to that pretty well? If say 
Junior comes in and plays alongside you or whenever Ariel drops back. Yeah, I mean, it can be, but I, I really don't see it that way because you train with guys every day, you play with guys, you get to know guys in the locker room and you kind of talk through stuff and you figure it out. Um, that's part of being a pro, you know, being able to adjust on the, on the, on the quick side like that because you're not going to play next to the same guy every single game, every minute. Things are going to change, pieces are going to move around. So um, it was something I didn't think it was very difficult. Uh, what about you, um, Callum? I mean, you know, when, when Paco isn't there and it gets shuffled around, you know, if it's a yellow card suspension or something yeah. like that, is it more difficult for a central defender, do you think? Yeah, I think the back line, I mean, mm. was rotated quite a lot this season with injuries and suspensions or, or whatever it may be. But that definitely is tough when it keeps changing because the back, the back four, or at least the back, I'd say the back four, not even the back two, it, it's big. If you see Tampa, that back three and keeper hasn't changed the whole season. And then you look at their record of clean sheets, then it's, yeah. you can understand why. So for sure, it's, it was pretty hard and it got frustrating with the injuries and stuff that we could never get that uh, run of form. And I mean, I think your friend did the article and he didn't even know who was going to start right back as well or, yeah. or left back. So like, it's tough when, when you're going into a playoff game and like, you don't really know who's going to be next to you or who's going to be behind you. So for me, it was tough, yeah. So obviously you guys are disappointed and I, and I get that. And, you know, we all wanted to go a little bit deep in the playoffs. Was it an enjoyable season though? It's hard to say because we didn't win. So it's like, what did you enjoy? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. Playing, and playing if, football every day is enjoyable. Yeah, that's so, enjoyable. Yeah. But I mean, the most enjoyable thing for me is winning. So it's really hard for me. Like, was that fun? You know what I mean? Like, it's a tough question because like, Hoisting a trophy is fun like when, at the end of the year. When you look back at your career as well, you go, what did you win? Yeah. You don't go, did I enjoy my time? Exactly. So by winning, you get to keep those memories and enjoy it. It's like if I think of my time back to Tulsa, I, I don't really remember. We made playoffs. We did the same as what Miami did this year. So I think having to win something is what yeah, makes the, it really enjoyable. Yeah, but it sticks with you. Yeah, it was an eventful year. I think there were definitely some moments that... Like, I'll look back and go, oh, that was good. But, I mean, when there's just not that silverware, it's really hard to be like, yeah, I enjoyed that, you know? But everyone is different. Like, that's just how I view it and I think about it. You know? I really appreciate those answers because that's very eye-opening for a fan because we can enjoy a game, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. But if you guys lose a game, you must be, like, unbearable, like, that night, the next day, until you get back into training and sort it out. This year, and I mean, since I've played... Mentally is probably like one of the biggest things. If you lose, you make a mistake or something, it plays on your mind and you have to wait until the following week to try to yeah. put that yeah. right again. So mentally, the even the pressure and everything, like it really it takes its toll. Like, that's probably yeah. the most tiring yeah. thing through the season. Yeah. So And when I like I, when I was younger, I would hear like guys talk about pros and be like, Oh, this guy's experienced, he's played a lot of years, like I'd rather play an experienced guy than a younger guy. And I never understood that because I was always like, Oh, if you're good, just play. Like, if you're good, you should start every game in a professional season. And when I became a pro, I realized that experience and being able to cope with different situations and losing and just the mental battle that you go through. When you're older, you know how to balance that. You know how to work through it. Like, I've been this, this, I just finished my seventh season and it was still tough for me. Like, that Lauden game, I was absolutely gutted. Like, I remember waking up that morning and Callum felt the same way. I remember getting a text from him saying, like, dude, like, that loss hit different. I can't get over it. And I was like, I couldn't sleep last night. You know, it's so difficult to kind of balance that and shove, shove that aside and go, okay, what's the next game? You can't wait for the next training section to fix it and get after it. But not everyone reacts that way. 
we beat you know? Pittsburgh, we're on that up, and then we mm. we hopefully going to get that home advantage, and then we do something stupid like lose to Loudon, mm. and that destro- not destroys our chances, but puts a real tough task yeah. on getting home advantage. So we all felt that one, and that one stuck with us. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough mentally. It's tough. It's hard. Um, but that those are the challenges of being a pro, you know. And it's something like I kind of enjoy. Like even though the downs come, I'm like, Fuck, all right, you got to dig yourself out of this. Like, how are you going to get out of this? How are you going to like? help motivate other guys and first and foremost, make sure you do your job before you can look to other people. So, yeah. I sometimes think people don't realize how hard it is to be a professional soccer player. And you kind of touched on it, Bodhi. People think you're good, you just go out and play. But would either of you say that you've had to like make sacrifices to get to the point you are today? Yeah. I mean, me personally, 100%. Like I don't see my family for 10, 11 months out the year, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, that's the biggest sacrifice of all. And like just everything, like moving and packing up and going to different cities and all these things. And since I was a child, like going to academy games, getting on a train and traveling for three hours, all these things I've had to make sacrifices to be to be a pro. So that's why when I say I want to win and have silverware in my hand to justify all those sacrifices, that's what it is. So years from now, I can, you know, look at my kids or look at my family and my mom and show a big trophy or a medal or something like that and go, look, Everything I'd sacrifice, this is the end result. But when you don't have that, it's like, ah, uh, you know. I'm sure your mum is proud of you. We're done without a trophy or a medal, but I'm pretty sure of that. Well, you, Callum, how, how much have you, mean you, you had to come to America from yeah, the UK? Yeah. I, no, I'd agree with most of what you said. I think one of the biggest things that I'd say I'd have to sacrifice is we train in the evenings. So seeing my wife, she's at work all day, and then I'll get home at 11, 10 o'clock after training, whatever it may be. So that, that's not the best situation. So sacrificing that time to, to play is like, that's that's been tough. Like it, I feel bad on my wife. Hey, how are you? She's going to bed, cook you dinner. Like that's it. So that to me was a big, is a big sacrifice. But coming from England, I wouldn't say that's a sacrifice. I think it's a positive. I love coming over here. I get to play in Miami, I get to go to the beach, all, all my, friend close friends are here now um my parents like coming over and visiting so i wouldn't say that that side of it's a sacrifice i think i'm privileged to be here and playing in the states so i love that part of it you're both manchester united fans right yeah yeah, yeah? oh here we go <laughs> tough. Yeah, tough right now would you would, would you would you take uh ole at miami fc no 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 no, no, no. Right at this moment, no. Probably punch him in the face. Who would you take? At United. No, uh, well, okay, uh, let's, do, let's do United yeah, first. Yeah, let's do United. Because the other one could get tricky. You, yeah, you guys are fans of teams just like I am. Who would you take at United? I mean, I, I think Zidane. Mm-hmm. Um, people, people think I'm crazy for this, and I've said this, but I think Roberto Martinez. I like his style of play. I like the way he sees the game. And I think he's... Because United need a younger coach that's going to be there and build something, you know? Um, you don't need someone to come in like... I was glad that Conte... Yeah, like Conte, he's yeah. going to come in for one, two years. He might win you the FA Cup or the League Cup, but he's not going to build United back to the rich history and like like what United is known for, you know what I'm saying? So, is that what St. John's the club in the first place? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. I went... I was a little kid in Nigeria. We have like... A, everyone goes to these like movie theaters... But instead of that, it's like just Premier League games. So you go in the morning and like everyone just gets in like a big cinema and like the big screens running and you go watch. And I went with my brother and my uncle at the time and we went to go watch. United played Everton at the time. And uh, United went up 3-0 
it, I'll never forget this game. They went up 3-0, everything came back 3-3. And uh, we won 4-3. Ben Nistor scored the game when he had a hat trick that game. And I just fell in love with the club ever since. You're just um, a glory hunter. I'm not. I'm really not. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say I'm a Man U fan right now. If I was. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, I just fell in love with the club. Like Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, these players. Um, it was just incredible. David Beckham. Um, it, it was awesome. David Beckham? Who's that? Um, <laughs> what about you, Cam? Who would you bring in? I would bring in Poch. Really? Yeah, I like Pochettino yeah. as well. I, bring I, yeah, I like Pochettino but as well. I was like, everyone's <laughs> put me down as like from Nottingham. I was born in Manchester. I've tried to change this thousands of I'll times. Try <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Manchester, so that's why I support United. Um, I've always watched. I'd, I'd always watch them and stuff, and like I remember going to watch Bebe and Obertan, and then yeah, we're yeah. playing against them in Charlotte. So it was just, oh, it was just funny to to do that, and then yeah, I'd bring in Poch. Yeah. Yeah, I think Pochettino is ideal. I was just thinking more managers that didn't have a club right now. I can edit all this together now to link, link Pochettino to Miami <laughs> FC yeah, and yeah, just yeah. put that rumor That's out perfect. there and see if we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you talked a little bit about the, the experience at Louisville. And, you know, I was impressed as well with the stadium, mm-hmm. the atmosphere and everything that they've done there. Is there another place like that in America that, you, you know, somewhere you like playing? Not my, in Miami, an away trip that you're like, oh, I love going there to play a game. Tampa? Yeah, Tampa has a good atmosphere. It's a, it's good a nice place to go. I mean, yeah. you know, credit to them for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's nice. Um, it's nothing better than beating them there. We yeah, haven't done it yet. Yeah. yeah. But you, have, you, you haven't done it yet. I have. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only like place that was like electric, that was like close to Louisville was Cincinnati when they were in the USL. Obviously, they're not there anymore. Yeah. But that was like, they would get. Oh, like, you played in that. In yeah, we played. Okay, we yeah, played yeah. against them, and we actually had a decent rivalry. They had like twenty five thousand people on a Wednesday. Like yeah. It was it was crazy. It was crazy, and they were the fans were loud, and it was it was nice. It was nice. They played on turf though, so. That was I'm looking forward to Detroit City coming in. Yeah. yeah because yeah. that's a very very unique setup in the USA, and I think they're probably going to go into that central kind of Louisville thing. They're a little bit out of our. Yeah. So I would, I'd love a playoff yeah, game against them. I didn't see that them. one coming. I, saw, I read that the other day. That's, that is yeah. a good, a good nah. move. How many fans do they usually get? They usually they get good. They, they sell that place out pretty much, yeah. and it's not huge, but it must be like seven, eight thousand. Yeah. But it's a seven, eight thousand venue that is full, and it's yeah. soccer only. Mm. So there's no running track, none of that yeah. BS, anything. The yeah. crowd is right on top of you, and it's a boisterous crowd yeah, as well. That's nice. Yeah. Um, a few final thoughts then, because I, I don't want to keep you guys for too long. Um, is there a personal highlight for this season? A moment or something like that for you, Bowden? Me? My goal Bowden is to I, <laughs> I never <laughs> scored. Like, I've scored four games in almost 200 appearances. So every time I can score is a big highlight. Like, Dude, no way. That's your highlight. Yeah, oh for sure. Oh my God. A personal goal. highlight this season? I, I scored. <laughs> it's like one, of the, one of the scrappiest goals ever. It, it's yeah. a goal, bro. Goals I know, goal. you're right. Same a goal is a goal. It's the same goal, thing. It's a goal. Like you you stole a goal of Peter. You're talking about scrappy. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I would say that scoring against Tampa yeah. to, to beat him at yeah, home, yeah, yeah. That, that felt amazing, especially against the coach and all the history and stuff. Like that, that felt really good. Yeah. I, I, the 3 2 win against Pittsburgh, too, when we came back. Wow. Um, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was that was. I enjoyed that because my brother was in town that weekend, and he's kind of like I look up to him. Like he, he's the one that I started playing soccer. So whenever he comes around, I always like want him to enjoy the game and enjoy my performance. Um, so it's like a little bit of added pressure. And he came. It was like the perfect weekend. Like we're playing Pittsburgh. We come down. Like I played all right. You know what I'm saying? Like he enjoyed the game. He was buzzing after it. So that was like I really enjoyed that moment in that weekend.
Either of you want to be a manager when the boots get hung up? For the longest, I always said no, no, no. But I don't know, like these last couple of years, I've been kind of thinking about it, but I don't think I want to be a head coach, probably an assistant coach. Yeah. Um, be kind of more like involved with training and tactics and, and that kind of stuff and working with players individually. Um, just different guys, like or the guys are a midfielder and just kind of talk to him a little bit and try to improve his game. I think I'll fit in that like personnel and kind of connecting with the players more than anything versus being a head coach and having to run all that other stuff. That, that's just too much to worry about. You've got head coach in all over you, Callum. Do you fancy it? So, so right now I coach um, Cardinal Newman. So uh-huh. it's like high school. And I love doing the tactics and like when the players win, like how together they are and everything. Like I love it. I think when you take professionals and proper athletes, it's a whole different ball yeah, game and yeah, the pressure sure. and everything. Uh, I wouldn't mind being like a college coach yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, recruiting players. Yeah, but half the time you're like, you work for three months and then you're just doing paperwork. It sucks. You still get paid the same. It's not about the money though. I'm just talking I agree, about I agree. I'm yeah. talking about just work from yeah. a work coaching no, I standpoint. You know? I think we spoke about that as well though. We said, I think we'd miss that, the nerves or the competitiveness yeah. after when we finished. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to have to get it with something else. So, yeah. may, so maybe coaching or yeah, managing or whatever, yeah. All right, fellas. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Uh, we really it. appreciate it. And we appreciate all the help you did this year and the fans coming and stuff. That was awesome. So Absolutely. we really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. We see it as well. Yeah, trust I, me. I hope all three of us will be seeing each other for, uh, you know, year, a couple of years to come at, at least. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you. Calm Chapman Page. Thank you. Thanks. Thank, thank you very much. So there you have it what a couple of great guys and again like really good of them to uh you know take a little bit of time out and talk about the season and i know it it wasn't what everyone wanted at the end of the day but uh it was a great journey especially from my point of view and uh, just really fascinating to get an insight from callum and bolu um that's it um enjoy the rest of your day thank you for listening and make sure to follow us across the social media platforms magic city soccer on twitter magic city sock that's magic city s-o-c on Instagram and uh, we have the website as well magiccity.soccer is the URL take care and I'll speak to you all soon